Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Joining us now, like every Monday at this time, is Jeff Hensley. Hey, Jeff, how are hey, you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I like that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if that was for you or me, but I don't we'll know, go for but you. We'll, yeah. Uh, well, whoever it was for was still clinical. Cool. <laughs> uh, child support and custody, divorce, spouse support, any of those things Jeff can help with. And we're going to go to the phones at 460-KMOD. If you have a question for Jeff, I got a couple of things that came in earlier today. Okay. One says, Jeff, I'm currently in a custody modification case that is going to trial. I have pre-trial hearings soon, and I'm not sure what to expect or how to prepare. Do you have any advice? Side note, this has been going back and forth for the past 11 years in court, and we're just looking for some simple closure. Sure. A pretrial conference is nothing more typically than the two attorneys showing up to a judge and getting a trial date. Now, there are some other things that are involved in that. Typically, you have to have, have drafted what's called a pretrial conference order. And in that order, it sets forth exactly who all the witnesses are going to be, what exhibits and evidence you're going to be using, if there's any specific objections on certain things. So that all has to be filled out, and then the judge will sign it and assign a date. Additionally, in Tulsa County, uh, we require typically that the parties, or excuse me, the, the attorneys exchange those um, binders of, of exhibits. So if you've got 15, 20 exhibits, you'll have it in a three-ring binder and you'll exchange it. Uh, there's one judge particular that I can think of that requires a copy to be given to him at the time of pretrial. The other ones don't simply because they don't have anywhere to store it. Uh, but sip, simply, you, there's not a lot for you to prepare unless you're representing yourself. Your attorney will have all done that already for you and should be doing that for you. Should They should be contacting you and saying, hey, you know, I'm putting the witness list together. These are who I'm going to use. Is there anybody else you want to add? Same thing with the exhibits. Say, you know, these are the exhibits I'm wanting to use. Is there anything specifically you want to add in here? Uh, but typically the attorney prepares for all that. What kind of witnesses and what kind of exhibits would be necessary? Well, it depends on the case as far as the exhibits. I mean, that's going to be case specific. But, you know, witnesses, typically you want people who have information of what's going on. So, you know, someone who has uh, a character witness or has seen you interact with your child or or whatever it may be. Now, here's the interesting part about witnesses. Sometimes clients will come in and they'll bring you a list of 50 people. Well, that's all well and good, but I will tell you that if you've got 49 people or 40 people on that list that are going to say the exact same thing, it's just from a different person, the judges don't want to hear that. And so we typically will narrow it down to our like our best five uh, because that's the way the judges want. They don't want to hear four pe- 40 people to go in there and say the exact same yep. thing over and over. He's a good guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, they, they in fact, a lot of times they'll admonish you if you've got a long list to make sure that that's not what, what's going to happen. So you've got to be careful with that. Uh, you can call Jeff right now at 460-KMOD and ask him any question about divorce. Maybe you're trying to go through a custody case, in, anything like that he can answer. You can also look him online at HensleyLegalServices.com. This is an email that came in. It says, I'm curr- uh, I currently was disabled and had a pacemaker in. I do not want to file disability, and I've gotten a job, uh, a job my speed. It just pays less. I was in the $25 per hour range. Now I'm at, like, the 12 I insure my children also health and dental. What are my the steps to take lower because I pay it, but it's going to bankrupt me literally? No DHS, just court-ordered child support. Uh, contact us and we can do a motion to modify. I mean, if you've got an issue like that where you're making a lower amount because of a medical condition, 
We can get it modified. And especially if your previous order didn't take into account that you were paying uh, health insurance and dental insurance and those sorts of things, we want to make sure you're getting those credits. So give us a call and we can get that taken care of for you right away. Okay, let's go to, this is a text that came in. I have a custody agreement with the mother of my child, and we want to get it filed through the court. Is there any way to do this without both hiring attorneys? There is, and we've talked about this, I think, last week or the week before. Just understand that the attorney that you go and see, whether it be me or somebody else, their job is to represent one of you guys. Um, They can't represent both of you. So it's one of those things that even if they have an agreement they draft up, understand that they're going to have the one client's best interest at heart no matter what in case the deal falls apart. So um, you can go and do that. Um, I've had several clients come and do that with us. No problem whatsoever. We can handle that. So give us a call. Yeah. I personally wouldn't do that unless it was my attorney that I found. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You've got to be careful in that because the attorney – I mean, we're supposed to be honest, we're not going to pull fast ones or anything like that in the orders, obviously, but if the deal falls apart, the person that has signed the contract is the one they're going to represent. Is there any time a judge will not let that happen? I've never I've never seen it, no. Because you can always represent yourself. And that's the issue is, is one's being represented by the attorney, the other one be pro se if ever anything happened. Uh, we're going to go to the phones. I don't know. All right. Uh, Hot Tub Dave, hey man, how are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Do you have a child? Uh, I might pretty <laughs> soon from my ex fiance. Okay. Well, what's your question can, for Jeff Hensley? Can she file child support on me if she moved back to Missouri? Potentially, yeah. I mean, if she goes to Missouri and says it's your dad, they're going to come after you. Absolutely. Now, the first thing they may do if the child's just born is do a DNA test to prove whether or not you're. You're the parent of that child, but if you are, then yes, she could file for child support in Missouri. What would happen is is Missouri would start the order, send it to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma would uh, then collect it and send it back to Missouri for the Missouri uh, child support. Okay. All right, buddy. Good luck. Thank you. All right. See you later. Uh, My daughter has been trying to get a divorce since July of 2017. Both attorneys have sent proposals without making asked changes at least four times. Both parties want to settle out of court. When do we cut ties and start with new attorneys? We've both spent a lot of money and don't look forward to starting over with new retainer fees and so on. Well, that's an interesting situation. What what date did they say it started? July of 2017. Okay, so it's been about a year. I mean, what should have been happening during that time is, is that there should have been a mediation. There should have been at some point Uh, gone to mediation, and you guys try to work it out there if you're not able to do it through settlement negotiations between the lawyers. So in a year, you should have gone to mediation a long time ago, uh, unless there's been some extenuating circumstances in between. If both parties are ready to settle, mediation is the key. So, you know, we'd love to take you on as a client, but if you don't want to worry about all the the new retainers and all that, what I would do is say, talk to the attorney and say, look, it's been a year. Nothing's really happened um, as far as getting this thing completed. Let's go to mediation. Let's get it done. Let's get it set. That would be step one. Get the mediation done. If the parties are sending back and forth offers and nothing's changing, then get to a mediator. Absolutely. Let's go to another phone call. Philip is on with a custody question. Philip, what's your question for Jeff Hensley? Okay, Mr. Hensley, I have been separated from my uh, first baby mama is. He is now 24 years old when I left uh, the situation. He was 16, and for, like I said, the last eight years, I have had no contact. 
Um, I've tried to go every route I can possibly go to even see him, and she's just disappeared. Okay, so he's 24 years old? Yeah, he thinks a grown-up now. Well, then find him. Don't find her. You don't need her. You need to find him. He is nowhere, though. Well, he's out there somewhere, and I guarantee he's got some sort of way to be tracked down. Give me a call, and we can talk about how to do that. We've got ways that we can help clients track down these sort of things. I mean, that's that's easy enough. I mean, if he's out there and he's got a job and he's he's paying utilities or he's got an apartment or something, we'll find him. That that's not a problem. He's he's special needs. That's what I'm saying. She's protected him enough to where I can no find him. When you say special needs, is he one of these that uh, would not be able to take care of himself? Okay. Well, there's tons of people out there at Asperger's that take care of themselves. Do, do yeah, you th- exactly. Go ahead, give me Jeff. A, give me a call. We can get this taken care of. We can try and track him down for you. We can help you out. Good luck, Philip. Oh, okay, thank you. All right, man. See you later. Uh, let's go to the next person on the line. Michelle has a question about child support. Michelle, you're on with Jeff Hensley. Go ahead. Yes, if my ex-husband is collecting social, or SSDI, can I still collect social, or, uh, uh, child support? It depends, and the reason I say that is, is typically, if the is the child receiving a check? No, I haven't received anything from him in like ten years. Well, I understand that, but what my point is, is typically when someone's on Social Security disability, they'll send a oh. check to the child as well. No, um, I'm sorry, I didn't. I guess I didn't understand the question. That's he okay. is getting a check, but. The- then in that case, that would be considered uh, money that we would take into account for for doing dealing with child support. So we could definitely file a motion to enforce it and get it if there's an already an order in ex- existence. And if not, then we can get one in place. There is an order in place. However, it is from the state of Washington. That's not a problem. And we can transfer the jurisdiction. That's not a problem at all. Okay, because I got a letter from the state of Washington saying that because he is on Social Security disability, that I can no longer collect on it. That's interesting because that's not how we do it here in Oklahoma. Give me a call. I'd like to talk to you more about it simply because there may be something, a hitch in where the law, the previous law in the other state that's causing the issue. So give me a call. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. See you later. Uh, let's go to Jason has a question about child support. Jason, go ahead. You're on with Jeff Hensley. Yes. Good morning. Hey, uh, my new wife, her ex-husband, I was like $55,000 back child support and two kids. Okay. He's jumping around state to state, and he pays for a month and jumps to another state. What, what else can she do about it? Well, I mean, you can always file a contempt citation, but if you don't ever get him served, or even if he does, you do get him served and he doesn't show up for the final hearing, all you're going to do is get a bench warrant for his arrest. Now, the good part about that is is that if he's arrested in another state, they'll extradite him and bring him back, uh, but it's one of those things that... It's going to be hard if they're jumping states. I mean, that's that's the problem because if you've got child support involved as far as DHS is concerned, you're going to get multiple offices involved and it's going to become kind of a nightmare. So uh, you can get a contempt citation filed. If we can track him down and get him served and he fails to show, we can get a bench warrant for his arrest. Right. And say they arrest him in another state, they'll extradite him back to Oklahoma. That's usually how it works on those things, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right, Jason. See you later. Nicole has a question about custody. Nicole, what's your question for Jeff? I wanted to find out what I need to do to get emergency custody of my nephew. Okay. Give me a call. That would be an emergency guardianship. What's going on? 
Um, his father's on drugs and just not taking care of him at all. Yeah, you need to call right. me today so that we can go get an emergency custody this week for your, your nephew. Okay. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Have a all good right. day. Thank you. Uh, Jeff, what would be the parameters if a family member, in this case uh, an aunt or uncle, would be suspicious of that? What would they need to show to get emergency custody? Well, you've got to show that the child is an actual physical harm in some way from the ch- from the parents. So in other words, like this one, it sounds like the guy's using drugs or selling drugs around the child or whatever it may be, which puts the child in actual physical harm. You've got to show that there's some sort of imminent danger to the child that if you don't pull the child out of that situation they're going to be harmed in some way so that's what we would need to do on emergency guardianship is to step in and say look dad doesn't have his stuff together we need to get this child out of this situation because it's an emergency situation and let's have a show cause and maybe set some standards once we get in front of the judge so are they like hey dad take a drug test like how do you prove that if you're just kind of well it depends i mean what happens is when you go and get the emergency custody the judge will typically grant it based upon the pleading obviously and then the next step would be to have a show cause and you've got to serve him notice of the show cause if he shows up Obviously, the judge would probably have him go take a drug test right then, uh, especially down in the basement of the courthouse to see if he's high or or on drugs or has used drugs recently, that sort of thing. Or the judge could order a 10 or 15 panel nail bed or hair follicle or something. Um, But the burden is really on the party seeking the guardianship to show the child's in some sort of emergent danger. But typically, if you've got a child that can verbalize, I mean, someone older than the age of, you know, three or four and say that daddy's using drugs... That's a problem. Uh, typically, they'll appoint a public defender to represent that child who can then make recommendations and those sorts of things. So there's different ways to prove it is what I'm saying. But can in an emergency situation like what she's alluding, can she just say that without any evidence and be granted the custody? That's why we have. Yes. And the reason being oh is. Oh, my gosh. But here's the thing. That's why we have show causes. OK. A, but how long out is that? Ten days. OK. Oof. Typically, it's within ten days. And and this is it's 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 the. The blessing and the curse of the of the system, mm-hmm. okay? Because the idea is you want to pull the child out of, of an emergent situation, but that's why you have a show cause, to show if there's really something. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There, or if that parent or relative or whoever who walked in there to get that just made something up or is it misinformed or something like that. So that's why we have that process. In an emergency situation like that, are both parties notified? I'm sorry, obviously the person filing is notified, but the person that is accused of being in, creating this negative environment, are they aware that this is going on and can they go? Not on a guardianship, you typically don't have to notify them. Now, on a regular emergency custody on a child support or, excuse me, a child custody issue, yes, you have to notify the other party you're going to go get the emergency, but that's not the case on a guardianship. So he would not even know possibly until he goes home and the kid's not home from school? Correct. Oh, my gosh. Uh, All right, let's go back to the phones. Kelsey has a question about custody. Kelsey, go ahead. What's your question for Jeff Hensley? Hi, um, I just, hopefully it's a quick question. Um, I just wondered if someone had experienced, like had CPA cases opened in their name, but they weren't ever found like 
what's the word, not guilty, but like nothing, no evidence was found per that specific person. Would that ever hinder like a court hearing or like a custody hearing case? Well, typically what will happen on a CPS case, and that's Child Protective Services for those out there, is that they'll come in and they'll do an investigation and they'll either substantiate the claim or unsubstantiate the claim or not even do anything with with the claim. So meaning they'll screen it out saying that it's not worth looking into. So in your particular right. case that you're talking about, was there ever any letters or anything set saying whether or not it was substantiated or unsubstantiated or anything like that? Um, well, the first one, it was unsubstantiated on my side and then the second one it was just deemed an accident like there was nothing further okay then typically there's nothing that will hinder you then as far as custody battles down the road if it was unsubstantiated or found to be an accident it's substantiated okay. claims that cause the problem okay all right well that was my question thank you so much kelsey have a great day you too thank all you right, see ya. jessica has a question about child support jessica jessica you're on with jeff hensley Hi, I uh, I was wondering, I'm from Texas, I'm wondering what the laws are in Oklahoma to be able to terminate parental rights based on them not being around or paying any child support in six years and how to go about letting my husband adopt my son. All right, now that's what I was going to ask is if you were married. If you've been married, then if you are married, then what we can do is we can do an adoption and the adoption, you then file what's called an adoption without consent and you have a hearing where you show that the person has failed to maintain a substantial relationship with the minor child in 12 of the last 14 months from the date of filing for the adoption or uh, has failed to pay child support uh, based upon their ability to pay or an order. So it's one of those things that sounds like the person's failed to do both, and we could definitely do the adoption for your new husband, no problem whatsoever. How old's the child? He's nine. Okay. The reason I ask is if they're 14 or older, they have to sign a consent as well. Uh, but since he's nine, that's not an issue. So give me a call. We can do the adoption. We love doing adoptions. We love helping create families instead of ripping them apart. And so uh, it's it's a nice change for us. But you really do have a case, and we could definitely help you out. Okay. Thank you so much. See you later. Nicole is on with her question about custody. Nicole, go ahead. You're on with Jeff Hensley. Hey guys. Okay. So I have a younger sister. I believe she's like two, three years younger than me. Um, and she has two children. And the reason why I'm asking is because I heard another lady call about getting her nephew. Um, I have where I believe my sister's mentally unstable. She will randomly call me and she will be off the wall where she's like, come get these kids. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want them. And then I know that if I give her 10 minutes to calm down, she's like, oh, I can't get rid of them. Um, there's been times that she's told me how she just wants to go and do whatever she wants to do without any repercussions. And she just, you know, she remembers back when she used to smoke pot and how she just wanted to be that person again. I personally have had her live with me. She's not mentally stable to do so. I don't feel like she's stable enough for her to raise her children. What do you think about, I mean, besides her having moments of breaking down, which I think is parents, Normal. we all kind of go through that <laughs> uh, at some point. Right, right. Um, I mean, I have four kids, but like she, she goes overboard. She tells them she wishes they were never born. Okay, see, so yeah, that's different. Is, <laughs> this is why I say these, just, just for all the, the <laughs> listeners out there, this is why I say these things and why I ask these questions because at first glance with what you said, it didn't really sound like em enough, but as we dig a little deeper... Right we can see that there are more things that could be used against her on an emergency to show that she could potentially, you know, 
be unfit as a parent at this point and needs help. So, and that's the idea behind guardianships too, is to allow parents to get on their feet, to get their problems taken care of and make sure their children are safe while they're doing it. So, um, you know, give me a call. We can help you with the guardianship. No problem at all. Well, I have a question though, Nicole. Nicole, I have a question first and I want Jeff's input on this. Would it be to Nicole's benefit to talk to her sister and say, hey, maybe I can help you out? And get a temporary guardianship to help you get your feet underneath you. You can do that, absolutely. Just understand that that might be poking the bull a little bit. And so, and this is the thing about everybody needs to understand about guardianships, especially when you're talking about family members that you're going to get and you're going against your sister or your your parents or whoever it may be. You got to be willing to, to if you're going to grab the bull by the horns, you might get, get hit. So you got to be careful with that, meaning... Um, you can talk to her about it. I'm not saying not to. A lot of times they'll agree to it, and that's a good thing, especially if they realize they need help and that sort of thing. But if they don't, they could very quickly pull back, and then we're going to go get an emergency anyway. Uh, but just understand that if she's not on board with getting her stuff together, it could cause problems down the road. Okay, that's for all who? I'm saying. Well, for for the, for for Nicole, um, in the sense of way her her sister is going to treat her or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So. You're gonna... Well, she's, she's tried to give them to me before in the past. She's like, here, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, I could, I'm could. i only one in the family that will hold on to them because, you know, our mother's threatened to take them. She's had DHS called on her. I mean, people have stepped in because of her parenting. And a yeah, lot you of definitely time... need to call me. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's, you negotiate? it's bad. Like... She's, she's got anger bad. Well, one minute she's like, okay, I'll give them to you because I know you'll give them back. And, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, just get your life together and I'll hold on to them. It's not a problem. And then within like an hour or so, she's like, I can't get rid of my kids and starts bawling and gets sad. And I'm just like, make up my mind. I believe she's probably more than likely bipolar. (laughs) That's what I was going to ask. You definitely need to give me a call because it's one of those things that we need to make sure those kids are safe and and get your sister the help she needs. Absolutely. Thank you, Nicole. Good luck. State of Kansas. Does that mean anything? Well, you're going to have to go hire a Kansas attorney. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing. Well, she was out here first. I just didn't know the steps to do it. But where do the children live? In Kansas? Now they're in Kansas, yeah. How long have they been in Kansas? Mm, A little over a year. Yeah, Kansas has jurisdiction now, so you're going to have to hire a Kansas attorney to go and get the guardianship. You're going to have to go up there and get the kids and bring them back into Oklahoma, which you're allowed to do. So wherever county she's in, contact an attorney there, and they can do a guardianship up there. Okay, I didn't know if that mattered if she's out of state. Okay. Yeah, there's something called the UCCJA, Uniform Child Custody Jurisdiction Enforcement Act. <laughs> it's the act. Uh, yeah, well, okay. It's, it's the act. It's the act. 10 times fast. Right, right, exactly. Um, if you finish it, you get a, 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 a candy bar or something for the day. Um, it's, it's the act. Just know that it's the act that determines what's the home state of the child, okay? In Oklahoma, you've got to be here six months for Oklahoma to have jurisdiction on that child. Most states are the same way. I'm sure Kansas is the same way as well. They've been there over a year. Oklahoma no longer has jurisdiction to do anything custody-wise through a guardianship or otherwise. You're going to have to do it in Kansas because that's now the home state of the child. Children. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. Nicole, good luck with everything. That's all right. Thanks, guys. All right. See you later. Oof, that sounds hairy. New question. What state? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Travis is on. Hey, Travis, what's your question for Jeff? Hey, Jeff. Can you have someone, adult, court order to take a DNA slash blood test to find out if you're related? That's an interesting question. I mean, not through family law court. Um I don't believe you can. I'm not familiar with any laws that would require that. I assume you're just trying to find out if that individual is your parent. Yeah, it's my, well, my wife's 
on my wife's side. And she's trying to find her dad died when she was young, and her his parents were against the wed. He, he they had her out of wedlock, so he they were like, that's not his baby. Didn't allow them, her mom to put his name on birth certificate, and she was younger back then. And now she's just trying to find her dad's side of the family, which we have found. She believes, but they're not willing to take any kind of DNA test or anything. Yeah. You know, so they're like, no, it's, you're not his. Can't be. But yeah. he, she's. Yeah, there, there's nothing that I'm aware of in that kind of situation where you can force non parties to go and take DNA tests. I mean, that's just typically not done. Now, you might have uh, some action through a probate system in the sense that you could probably have the body exhumed and maybe potentially do some DNA testing oh, that way. Cow. It's done all the time. We've, we've done it in paternity cases where you had to uh, exhume the body to get a DNA sample Goodness. to determine um, right, paternity. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it can be done. It's, it's expensive, but it can be done. So, you know, that's – but, again, I'm not familiar with any law that requires a non-party third – which we call a third party, a non-member of that uh, group to take a test. Okay. Okay. Thank good, you very much. Good luck, Travis. We'll see you later, man. Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> this says, uh, my sister's ex filed emergency custody for BS reason against my brother-in-law, which after three months was proven to be a lie. Can we sue them? You can get fees out of it. You can't. In other words, what they're trying to get at, I think, is some like libel suit or defamation yeah. suit or something. Typically not, not in family law courts. It doesn't work that way. Uh, a lot of people think it does, and it does not. So you can go after fees. You can go after sanctions, those sorts of things. Those are your remedies, not uh, suing them any other way. I've been paying child support on my daughter since 2015. When she applied for DHS assistance for daycare, her mom and I have 50-50 custody, but I end up with having my daughter a lot more than her mom, at least five days almost every week. She's going to Broken Arrow Schools this year, which doesn't accept DHS assistance. Would I or the mother be able to cancel my child support due to the fact that she no longer needs the DHS assistance? Child support's always going to be ordered if DHS is involved in some way. If the parties agree otherwise, meaning that DHS is not involved, there could be a zero on that. The bigger issue is if he's got more time with the child because mom's off doing whatever, then we need to modify that. That's the big thing, absolutely. I mean, that, that's really what he needs to do. Uh, is to modify the custody order so that it gets accurate as to how much time he's got with the child. This is a, kind of a long question, but I think the answer will be short. Uh, my daughter is nine and a half. Her father has been paying the same amount of child support since she was one. I was asked to raise it. I've asked to raise it once, and he asked for more time with her. We have nothing court ordered. Everything has been in agreement. My question is, I adopted my stepdaughter and am now pregnant. How much could me adding two more children change the amount of child support he would have to pay? My pay has gone down, and I'm positive his has increased since he's been on the job the same for the whole time. I just don't want to raise it and him throw me in court because of it. I guess we would need to know if the kids that she's had are his. I mean, that would be step Let's one. Let's say they aren't. Okay. Can she ask for more money? No, because they're not his kids. You can only p get child support on the child that's yours, not other kids that you're having with other people. So in other words, uh, if the children are not his, then she can't get more just because she's got more kids in the home. I mean, that's on her. She can go after the baby daddies for those individuals, those kids, but not for the ones she's talking about. Now, let's assume that they are his for some strange reason, okay? Then, yes, she could, she could ask for more, but because there's nothing court-ordered, 
then she may get nothing. As nothing far as exists. Rates. Right, exactly. It's the, just they've agreed to something. Right, and that's great they could agree, but if we've discussed many, many times on here is that those agreements typically fall apart at some point. So, you know, if you're having more kids with this guy and you have and now you're separated or whatever and those kids are his, you need to go get an order so you can get the child support for all three rather than just making an agreement. Right. She could change the rules at any time. He could not pay at any time, and there ain't nothing that can happen. Exactly. That's why it's always, always important to have an order in place because you've always got something to fall back on, always got something to enforce. Getting along is great, and I commend that, but at the end of the day, protect yourself, protect your kids, get an order in place. And do that with Hensley Legal Services. Yes. 398-5692, com. You can call and say you heard Jeff on the morning show, and he'll give you a free consultation over the phone. 398-5692 for Hensley Legal Services. Jeff, have a great week. Hey, you too. Thanks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.